Yo, I'm Brock Landis. And this is Chop, Chop It, it Up, up Hip Hop. And we taking it to Shaolin. This is where it all started. This is where it all started. All right. This is the beginning. Like troops of Pakistan. Like your neighborhood. Spider-Man. So uh, TikTok, I keep ticking. That's where it all started, Brock. That's, that's, that's the beginning right there. Yes, sir. The beginning of what I would say the greatest hip-hop group of all time. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You agree? Yeah, I agree. You agree? Yeah. And when I say the greatest hip-hop group of all time, I'm saying it on all levels. Because I know some people might try to debate, but if you look at all angles, like, you know, me and you don't really talk about sales or nothing, but if they want to even take it there. Right. What other hip hop group you know that probably sold what they sold? Hip hop group, right? That right. sold as much records as Wu Tang altogether. Mm. That had an impact like Wu Tang. Let's get off the numbers because we don't really like doing the numbers. Right, that had no. an impact like Wu Tang. Not too many. Global. Know what I mean? Right. Um, that had classics like Wu Tang. It's it's crazy. Production like Wu Tang. Lyrics like Wu Tang. It's true. It's true. Like there's no other group. Right, right. You know what I mean? And, and I love Tribe Called Quest. I love Mob Deep, Outkast, Public Enemy, Brand Nubians, great, great legendary groups. But Wu-Tang definitely holds that crown of greatest hip-hop group of all time. I guess, yeah, it's just such a big crew, and they're all so talented. And it's like you're not going to get that again. I mean, people tried, but no. Yeah, never again. Nine just, members or ten. They're so different. Like, they were so different when they came out from everything. And then individually, they're so different. It's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're going to um, break down the, uh, the four-part, four uh, four-episodes doc series that came on Showtime of Mike's, what is it, of Mike's of Men. Mike's of Men, yeah. Of Mike's of Men, Wu-Tang is a four-episodes, four-part uh, doc series. And it's a great series, by Excellent. the way. Excellent. Phenomenal. Excellent, like it's better than what I even thought it would be. Like I knew it was gonna be good, but it went past the uh, it, for what I th- thought it was gonna be. Like it, it blew my expectations. I I was yeah. hyped up for it. I th- I knew it was gonna be good, but it was better than I thought. Definitely, um, a lot of insight. I thought I knew everything there is to know, but it actually showed showed you some stuff that you might not know you know yeah like a real good doc should do yeah and it wasn't a fluff piece either like they kept it real about each other you know everything wasn't positive it was negative in it you know it, i thought it was very well done they highlighted all the ups and downs yeah like you know what i mean they didn't yeah. leave nothing out so uh yeah let's start it up with episode one you know each episode we took a few uh a few jewels out of each episode, uh, highlighted a few points, like the highlights of each episode. And um, in episode one, when uh, Ghost spoke about uh, taking care of his brothers mm. and like being um, depressed, and he didn't even know he was depressed as a kid. Yeah, that like that stood out. Like that was powerful. That was one of my favorite moments in the whole documentary. I agree. Uh, I thought you know, and it's crazy. Like he been in the game for so long, and I don't, I can't remember him mentioning that in his lyrics or any songs, you know, about his brothers having um, uh, muscular dystrophy. And he, he mentioned it in the song, of, did he? But he didn't go into depth, yeah, like how. I, that... I, I know, like the um, song "Mama," he talked about like her having a, a you know uh, alcohol problem and stuff. But I, all I got is you. 
When he said but, brothers with muscular, he, he, oh, that's he, right. He, he, that's he brought right. that up, yeah, and yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. I got is you. Yeah, that's right. He definitely brought Which that is up. A great song. Great song. But he didn't go in detail. Yeah, you know? I forgot that he that lyric. Yeah. Yeah, but I like I like I like that he brought that up because like basically what he was saying is like a lot of us or a lot of kids in the growing yeah. up in the hood. Yeah. Uh, they don't even know how bad it is. They don't even know they're depressed. Cause, they don't even because they're surrounded by it, and that's why. To me, that was one of like the best moments that Doc, because it's so true. Like, people understand you don't if you don't live in the hood or the ghetto, like you look down on people, but like people are mentally damaged, and it is not their fault. It's what they see around them, like every they, day. But they raise them around the surroundings. Stuff, stuff that's that to them is normal is not normal to people. You and become numb to a lot of yeah. things. Like when we was growing like up, you said like he said like I didn't even know I was depressed and. I could kind of relate to that too. Like you don't even know you're going through shit. Uh-huh. Like, and you know, people wonder why you're quiet or something, and there's reasons why. Yeah, he said his aunt used to say, "Why you look so sad?" Yeah. He didn't even realize he's looking sad or anything. Right. But then he thinks about it now. He was that young, taking care of his brothers, and yeah. he said he wish he knew better. Like, take them outside. He used to watch. It, it's, it's, it's good. Like that that part right there really uh, hit home. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was in episode one. And then another uh, point I took out of uh, episode one was the verse from Old Dirty's debut album, mm. Return to the 36, the song Don't You Know, right. was actually an old RZA verse. Yeah, yeah. Because they showed the old footage of RZA <laughs> performing it on stage. Yeah. And yeah. I love that song, Don't You Know. Yeah. All my woo heads, y'all know what that is from Old Dirty's debut album. But Don't You Know is actually RZA verse. So I realized throughout watching the documentary that a lot of people wrote Old Dirty. Like, he didn't yeah. write his own lyrics. No, I guess not. RZA wrote for him. I remember when he got when he got back home, he just said he wrote four songs for him. So, right. I guess he really was, like, more of a, just an entertainer. Yeah, ODB. performer, entertainer. Yeah. yeah. And he, he delivered it his own way. Because I'm yes. pretty sure RZA wrote to him, but he yeah. delivered it the way he would do it, the Old Dirty way. Yeah, he was just, like, the, the spirit. He was, like, the... Uh, Energy. The personality of the group, yeah. yeah, the energy, spirit, personality, exactly. And like RZA said in the doc, he's like, he just was listening to it, and Raekwon was saying it too, the, the, the album. first album. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, Old Dirty First album. They're like, yo, that joint is hard. It the is. beats is entertaining. Like, <laughs> yeah. that album was a classic. Yeah. It's a classic album. Like, he was really a performer. That is a hard album. I love yeah, that album. Yeah, Old Dirty. Um, another uh, highlight in the episode one was... Uh, when Meth and Ugar go back to their old job at the Statue of Liberty. Oh, that was pretty cool. I like that. That was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. I like how they like they all had jobs. Like, well, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't think they'll have jobs, but I like how they talked about like each one having jobs, so what they did or whatever. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, they said how uh, I think Rizzo and Ray used to sell newspapers on a Verrazano Bridge. <laughs> uh, Inspector Deck worked at Grand Central Station as a messenger. Crazy. Uh Cap was packing bags at the supermarket. Jizzle <laughs> worked in, um, for the MTA, cleaning yep. uh, train carts. Yeah, like so they all had jobs before they got into that street life before music. Right, but they all was working, and they show when uh, Meth and Ugar go back to the Statue of Liberty. They old manager still there. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, twenty five years ago, they manager still there. The Statue of Liberty must be getting paid good money. Yeah, but notice what Meth said. Like he said, that's one of the. Besides, I guess, having his kids and everything, he said that's one of the f- best times ever in his life yeah. before the fame. Yep, he did say I'm that. I'm like, wow. He did say that, and he said, like, the best job he ever had. Yeah, <laughs> working at the Statue of Liberty. Yep. Ain't, 
That's that's something. Hey, you ever been to Statue of Liberty? No, I haven't. Born and raised in New York. I haven't been I either. Haven't been I've never been, been to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Yeah, That's we crazy. Make a trip. We should, gotta make a trip now. <laughs> when you from New York, there's so many things because we take it for granted because we exactly. born and raised there. So many things we didn't do. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah. So uh, then they talk about the uh, the racism too. Uh, they started getting into the um, the racism in Staten Island, mm. which is crazy. I didn't know how bad. Yeah, the way they they explained it, it seemed horrible. It seemed like fucking nightmare. Mississippi in the 50s or something. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that's, that's it. it seemed crazy the way they explained it. Fucking nightmare, man. Yeah. Crazy. Like, uh, don't getting bottles thrown at them, getting chased Shh. by Italians and beat up. And uh, Cap said he used to be on the bus. He see uh, kill niggas or something, KKK. Shh. I'm like, I ain't no Staten Island. Was that crazy around that time? Right. I'm like, that's the... That's the uh, 80s and 90s, like they was wilding like that out there. Yeah, well, when they went to school, when they all went to school, it was probably like 70s, 80s. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, but, uh, insane. Yeah, it was crazy out there. But like you said, after the job situation, they all got into dibbled and dabbled into the hustling. Um, goes talk about how he got shot and how Cap, Inspector Deck, and Rizzo they all got locked up for different yeah. things. Yeah, which is crazy. But Rizzo said once he got out, he, he was given that second chance, came back to New York. Because him and Ghost was living together. They was yeah. roommates. They were getting in Ohio first. <laughs> Before Killer. <laughs> yeah. Before Killer, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, Richard said once he was given that second chance, he yep. came back to New York, went hard with the bonk, music. Bonk. Yeah. And he told all of them. See, this is why, this is what separates people with real passion and real visions from people that just have good ideas and dreams. There's a lot of people out there with, like, good ideas and dreams, right. but... I think passion and visions is deeper than dreams. Anybody could dream. Speak Everybody don't have visions. Speak on it. I just, my mind, I could be yeah. wrong. It could be maybe some people look at it as the same thing, visions and dreams. Right. But I think it's a difference. Like, I, RZA had visions. Right. He had passion. He told all of them, give me one year of your life. That's all I ask. One year. Right. What y'all got to lose? If it don't work, you got nothing to lose. Go back to doing what you was doing. Right. If it works, then it works. We good for life. It, the kids are eating still right now off of what they did 25 years ago yeah so to me that's visions because a lot of people got dreams and ideas they try it it doesn't go uh the way they thought it would the first time and now they give it up or they don't even fully try or they never try you know i can see the difference i say a dream is something is something you wish you could be a vision is something that you 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 know how to, you you know how to uh, plan it out or you know how to execute it. You know what I mean? You're, you know, yeah, I think a vision's more. You, and you can actually see it happen. You can actually, act, yeah, and you got you actually know what to do to act on it. Like you, the vision is like you know if I do this and do that, you like you're thinking like forty steps ahead, which is a dream. It's like oh, my dream is I want to be rich. That's a dream. You know what I mean? But there's no vision of how to get that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I I so I think that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's all. Yeah, that's the difference. Right. Like, but he had the vision. Like visions and passion, you could feel it. You could taste it. You could. It's that real to you, even though it ain't there. Like you know, you're basically two steps away from like right. if if this connects and this connects these dots, you're good. Dreams, you don't you don't dream about it every day. You got dreams, but you're focused on a lot of other things. Is it, it's different. It's yeah. just a different scenario. So RZA, salute to him because what he visualized, it materialized. 
Yeah, well, and it's just bars. Like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and you know, he he had in his head that I'm gonna get all these guys on one group. I'm gonna have them sign solo deals to different labels, not the same label, mm-hmm. which was never heard of. Groundbreaking, first groundbreaking. Time. They did the first time, full creative control. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy <laughs> what he did, man. It's fucking insane. And he could have easily been discouraged by. His first deal in the industry yeah. where he uh they forced him to label Prince Rakim, uh Tommy Boy. They forced him to try to be Tommy like a sex symbol. Boy. Yeah, a little and he said it went terrible or whatever. See, once again, the difference between dreams and vision. Those were dreams that would have got close to their dream and something like that would have happened, they would have been like, Yo, it's a rap. They would have never tried again. When you got a vision and a real passion and you know yes. you're that good or your people are that good and it could really happen, you keep striving. Right. And that's what he did. He could have easily been like, it ain't worked the first time. I did all this. Nothing happened. Didn't, he didn't sell nothing. They dropped on that. The album never came out. He just had the single, ooh, we love you, Rakim. And he could have easily been discouraged. Right. But that's what separates those who make it and those who don't. And, and some know, who make it just get lucky. I know this was on episode two, but since we're speaking You're on right. that, I want to bring this up because I know they mentioned when he came out as Prince Rakim with that song, we love you, Rakim, like, oh, it's a dud. I don't know the sales. But I remember when I first got cable and the box. The box. That shit was on the box like every five minutes. Like still, I remember just quiet. that was like the first video I seen on the box, I think. Yeah. And it was on a lot. So I mean, maybe it wasn't commercial, but I mean the box, I mean, that was like pretty much a hip hop station. Mm-hmm. I mean, it played other music, but it was mostly hip hop. Yeah. It was played a lot. So it wasn't a complete the like obviously the uh hip hop community liked it, I thought. I guess it wasn't good I enough. I see to, it all the time. The video was it wasn't on a good lot. enough to come out with a whole album. I don't think he came out with a whole oh, album. Oh, probably not. Yeah. So it didn't do. They probably like it ain't doing that good <laughs> for us to put money into you for an album. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, and then also in episode one, they introduced the introduction of John Mook Gibbons, uh, who was the former president of Wu Tang Management, and he, was, he used to manage. And he was one of their first managers. Right. John Mook, and he's. Um, he talks a lot throughout the whole all four episodes. Um, it seemed like he had a lot to do with getting Protect Your Neck out to the masses. Oh, he was the one that was hitting the streets. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he was the one that was pushing right. Protect gotcha. Your Neck. Yep. Like, he heard it and was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, another one. He he. Play, I like people like that. He played no games. He told Rizzo. When Rizzo came to but he said he saw it in his eyes. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, I saw it. So he said, he said I told him, Look, yo, if I'm going to do this, don't play around with me. Because he already yeah. had a jaw. Like, don't play with me. If I'm going to do this, let's do this. Right. People like, it's hard to run across people like that. <laughs> me and Brock <laughs> will let you know. Like, <laughs> it's hard to run across people like that. Like, Yo, a support system like that is very rare. That's word. something you cherish from people right, you know. Right, right. But all right, so that was basically episode one. Like I said, we just uh, skimming through real quick. Like, y'all watch it. Y'all going to see more stuff. Um, you ain't going to get into detail fully because each episode was like an hour. Now I mean, we yeah. just taking out a few, a uh, few jewels and everything from each episode. So episode two uh, was basically the Prince Rakim. Uh, no, actually, e- episode two they talked more about the Prince Rakim when Rizzo was Prince Rakim, right. and then they had the introduction. They introduced Divine and Power, right? And Power was the executive producer too. Yes, he was back in the days, and um, Divine was like. But, a, but you've seen his name a lot on a lot of the sophomore albums. Power, um, yep. yeah, yeah, and Devon was who's Riz's older brother. Yes, was like a, what'd you say, like a manager type? 
manager. He became a manager, but he was originally like the investor. Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> but then they, they put him as a manager. Silent yeah. partner. Yeah, silent partner, exactly. Which yeah, so yeah. So like Devon plays a big part in this uh doc series. Yeah. Absolutely. With the turmoil and everything what he did. But I will say this, because when the first time I watched it, I watched all four episodes two times. The first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know, Divine character. Like, I can't really speak on nothing. I'm just going by what we saw. I right. wasn't there. Right, right. So I'm pretty sure certain things that they did leave out that we don't know about. There's always three, what do they say, three sides of every story? Truth, the lie, yeah. and his side, his side, my side, and, and the, truth, the truth. Whatever yeah. you want to. How you want to put it. So. In the beginning, when I first watched it for, like, Devon, I was like, he seemed, I don't know. I got a little grimy vibes from him. Like, he was being a little grimy. But then when I watched it again, it's like, he did invest a lot. Yeah. From the beginning, like, he, they, from what they say, and I think right. they all agreed to it, he was putting a lot of, pumping a lot of money into them to yeah. get where they at. And I could see both sides, but I don't know. I, 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 could, I could see the Devon side, too. It's like, they all wanted their own shit. They were tired of giving him a check. But at the end of the day, they all got to give break bread with somebody. No matter what. they Whatever situation they did, they're not getting 100% of the money. So when they left Wu-Tang Productions, none of them went somewhere and getting everything 100%. They're giving it to somebody. So... I'd rather give it to my brother yeah, than give it to a new cat. I don't know. Keep and it like, in and, the family. And, and, I, and I agree with like, yo... When were we most successful? When we were all together. It's true. When with yo, when they started branching off, and the solo, the sophomore album started coming out, and they were doing their own things, the shit started getting a little choppy. You know what I mean? Well, you talk about production wise, production wise, everything, like, quality. I mean, album quality. to me, what because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm trying to think about. It. Even though I liked Takao too, but it was a lot of people didn't like it. But I think the first like where everybody couldn't deny it was Supreme Clientele was the was the first good sophomore album like where everybody could agree on right that it was the best with the and first he, yeah who, who the ghost he stuck with RZA on that I don't know about the production like the company wise but he worked closely with RZA on that album Supreme Clientele yep huh? so it just shows you yeah but like back to Divine like I said like I don't know the situation or whatever but business is business and like. I, I can see why he's mad. Like you had a multi-million-dollar business, and now all your you you let all your your workers go. It's not good business. If people can say like he shouldn't be mad at that, is they're bugging because you had a business, and all of a sudden all your staff leave. You have to do everything on your own. It's not gonna last. It's not gonna run right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> might as well shut the doors. That's true. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. They all left, and I agree with you. The quality of like the sophomore albums, besides Ghost, took a little dive. Uh, I don't know if it was really beneficial for them financially. Was it like the goal? Because that's what they was complaining about. So if you would have stayed, basically financially, most likely you would have either been in the same spot or close in the same position. Right. But quality, you still would have been up more. So it, right. it, it wasn't a win situation from. Right. From from the outside looking in, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you probably get more money in the new situation. But in the beginning, when the reviews came out, your album's whack and it stopped selling. So now, yeah, you're making probably more money 
per CD or whatever, but you're not selling as much. So it's like it's either it's probably leveled out or you're probably making less or something. I don't know. And then, but and then, the, the, yeah, and then like they went separate, but then they still came back together. Yeah. Like so, yeah, got your separate deal. So it wasn't that serious of a beef because y'all still right. Did but no, like Divine said though, when we when they do a Wu Tang album, I had to cut the check with all their managers now. No, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did say that. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> another thing, uh, highlight from episode two was the protect your neck video. So they broke down like um when it first came out the protect your neck video, uh, they had Ralph McDaniel's Uncle Ralph Shout from Video Uncle Music Ralph. Box. Right. And he was saying like how when RZA gave him the video, he's like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta clean it up, bring it back to me." After he said, "RZA was like, nah, this, this, play it like this." He still got the he time said, "You still code. got the time code on the bottom." He's like, "Nah, play it like this, <laughs> play it like this." You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, and Ralph played it, and it took off. I remember the first time I saw it was on Video Music Box, and I was like, "This looks homemade and grimy," and I did like, like a homemade video. <laughs> the first time I seen it was not Video Music Box, but the box. Oh, the box? And I remember I really didn't pay attention to, like, the third or fourth time I seen it. I remember the first time I seen it, I'm like, this shit is, man, bootleg. And I just changed the channel. I didn't even give it a listen. Oh. It was like, and then it kept coming on. Kept coming on, and I gave in. I was like, let me listen to it. Blown away. I think the first time <laughs> I saw it, the reason I I watched it from the beginning to end video, because remember um, Video Music Box used to have Nervous Thursdays? Yeah. And as they played, like, the abstract kind of weird you know so <laughs> yeah. it came on nervous thursday so all videos are kind of weird yes, but i'm looking yeah. at this like i like this though that beat in the yeah. beginning doom, 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 chow, 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 all the um conform like what the hell is this, this? Is, yeah like, this is new but you know what i mean the so the thing they did with that video though was put every time they or a different guy would rap the name would be on the screen yeah some of the names were spelled different back then. Yeah, but that was a small yeah. thing. If if it was just a video, just dudes rapping without their names, you then you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" But now, because they put the names, now it's like, "All right, I'm gonna pick my favorite one. He's my favorite one." Because I remember after everybody saw seeing, we were talking, "Oh, who's your favorite Wu Tang member?" You know what I mean? Because yeah. you see their names on the screen, so people are picking their favorites and shit like that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> And then when they came out with the Method Man video, that was kind of a little budget too. Yeah, but very. It, it worked. It worked <laughs> the yeah. Method Man video. Um, yeah. Then they talk about uh, Steve R- Rifkin, who's the co-founder of Loud Records. Uh, he actually asked Ralph first, which uh, I, I I paid attention to. Ralph said he came to him and asked him like, "What you think? Do you think?" And Ralph said, "Yeah, sign him." Yeah. Like Ralph gave him the thumbs up. Yeah. So that's Steve Rifkin. That's what he needed was the co-sign from Ralph McDaniel's, and boom, there you there you have it. Um, also, in episode two, um, they uh, old dirty uh, girl, baby mother, wife. I don't know if, she, if you ever married her, but she yeah. she has a part when she talks about um, ODB and everything, right. um, what they went through, uh, how he uh, put her on to the whole five percenter, right? Uh, mathematics. Like mathematics, the knowledge, and everything, and how she got onto that, how it helped her. She said it definitely helped her. And um, and another thing they brought out was how RZA, like how he knew where to put everyone label wise. Yeah, that was they like crazy. RZA already saw like he knew that was crazy. Met the man's going to Def Jam. Yeah, Old Dirty, I think it was Electra. Yep, like he had it all set up like uh, Gray and Ghost, like where everybody's gonna go. Even though they had a little bidding thing, because the way he set up the contract was, I think it has to go through Loud. Like Loud gets the first bid, but if they don't match it or Right. If they can't match it or if they just don't want to do it, but 
they gave them like, all right, since they signed Wu Tang, yeah. everybody solo get they will get the first bid. They'll I think, get the on first that. dibs on yeah. the bid. Yeah, but Rizzo already had it planned out. Like, yeah, he said the gods going to lecture, which was uh, old dirt Jizza. Yeah, and I think was it Rizzo? But Rizzo didn't drop not until much later. But yeah, he had it set up, and um, they put Meth on Def Jam. Yeah, and. I like how they say it was um old dirty, which to me is one of the most iconic hip hop covers ever. Return to the thirty six. Absolutely. That was totally his idea, yeah. O D B <laughs> to put the um the welfare ID card on the um the welfare yeah. stamp. It's fucking full stamp. Yeah, full stamp on the cover of the album. So shout out to Old Dirty for that. He's a definitely creative dude. And then they also I think episode two it's when they start talking about uh, Cream. Yeah, they start going in on Cream, right? Like how once Cream came yeah. out, it was originally called Lifestyles of the Mega Rich. Yeah, Lifestyles, and they said they had 60, 64 yeah, bars like a each. Bunch of bar, a bunch of bars, just a bunch, a bunch of, of bars and no hook. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, I want to hear that. I know. I like to hear the verses. They said Inspector Deck and Raekwon just had sixty four bars each, no hook. And like he said, the original title was Lifestyles of the Mega Rich. And Rizza went to Meth for the hook. He said Meth is always great at hooks. Yep. Like, we need a hook, need to chop down the bars. And then Meth came with the classic hook. Classic hook. You know what I mean? And I think Meth said he got the the phrase Ray, cream from. Ray the Ruckus. Yeah. His man yep. who was locked up. Right, in jail. And he wrote it. Uh, cash rules everything around me. Cream. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, they said after Cream came out, that's when things really. No, that's when really. That's when things really took off for Wu. Yeah. Which is crazy. I thought before that, I thought actually Method Man. I thought. Yeah, Meth Method Man. That song did blow up. I mean, they all did, but Cream definitely made it like universal. Where I think the suburbs were listening now. Because mm. I feel like Protect Your Neck, the underground cats loved it. Then Method Man came out, like all hip hop heads loved it. And then Cream came out. It was like everybody loved it. No matter what music you listen to, Cream was the shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was crazy. It was, such, it was such a huge commercial success. And they were just talking about their hard, struggles, hard like their times. hardships, hard times, and like it's such a slow beat and everything. It's fucking amazing. That's <laughs> when people used to put out singles. It didn't have to be – everything didn't have to be dancey and – Turn up. You could put out a single back in the days, and if it's hot, it's hot. It's hot, it's hot. It doesn't have to be, oh, Cream ain't for the clubs. No. Protect your neck ain't for the clubs. No. But that demand's not really for the clubs. Yeah, that demand's not for the clubs. Yeah. None of these singles was really for the clubs, but (laughs) back then you could do that. Now it has to be radio friendly, some R&B type rap singing. It's corny. Everything's cookie cut now. Oh, yeah. Everything's cookie cut. All right, in episode two, they also talk about when, um, they touched on when uh, you guys son got shot. Yeah, that part I didn't like. Uh, not because it was. I just I have a seventeen month year old. I couldn't even imagine yeah. going through that. I couldn't. Thank God he survived. Yeah, it. thank God he's you know he was able to walk and everything. Now. Yeah, they were showing the therapy with his son. Like, it's yeah. crazy. And that's know. when they was already blowing up. They yeah, were City O Hall show and yep. everything. That's crazy. Like that was just like I was watching that and I was just like. Oh man, this is brutal to watch. Watch him going through therapy and all that. That was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. But thank God he um pulled through. And I like the way episode two ended. It like like a little cliffhanger. Oh, uh, yeah, with yeah. Divine saying how he's finally allowed to speak. speak. He said Rizzo kept him silent for twenty five years, <laughs> but now he's allowed to speak. Yeah. And then it just goes off. <laughs> yeah, yo. That, like 
Oh, man. I like how it ended. Hey, yo, I was planning to go to bed after episode two. But with that cliffhanger, I said, oh, I got to watch episode three. Yeah. And, yo, I, I watched all four episodes one night. I didn't, get, I didn't go to bed till like close to two in the morning. That was, like, way past my bedtime. <laughs> I couldn't stop. It was, like, a, a good book. And they say you have a good book. You can't put it down. Yeah. I couldn't stop watching this doc. I was like, all right, ten more minutes. I'm going to bed. And then something else would pump up, pop up. I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. And it just kept going to the I shit that did, yo. <laughs> I, I watched like, all yo. three episodes in a row. Because once you text me, because I watched the first episode when it premiered on, on Friday. You're right. Friday. Me too, right. And then right. when you text me and said, oh, all the episodes are on demand. What? Yeah. I started watching all three. The playoff game was on. I, I, I even watched the game until the fourth quarter. After the game, which ended late, it was a West Coast game. Right. I think. And then I started watching the rest of the episodes. Like you said, I went to bed late. Paid for it the next day, but hey, yeah. it was worth it. Yeah. I, I had it to see, it. It I had to see it all. Phenomenal. So, um, episode three, uh, they talk about like the first five albums from Wu took the whole crew to like another level out of this world. The first five albums, yeah. which was from Thirty Six Chambers right. to Cal, right? Return to the Thirty Six, right? Liquid Swords, right? Actually. Not even 36. The first five they were saying is after 36 was uh, Return to the 36, Liquid Swords, Takao, Iron Man, and Only Built for Cuban Link. They said them five came out. They said 36 took them there, but them five that came out yeah. after 36, forget about it. I know. And that's why it, see, it was only four years, but it seemed like forever for Wu-Tang forever. It seemed like a really long time between Enter the 36 and Wu because you had so much the solo albums in between. But it was only like four years, but it, people were waiting because every, every solo was hard. Every solo. So it's like, oh, we need to hear this group shit again. Yeah. <laughs> like, people was waiting hard. Like, and not, the songs that wasn't on the solo, like just the mixtape, yeah. the throwaways or songs that was on soundtracks. Yep. yep. Had everybody It's hyped. not going to happen again. I put I put my money up. It's never gonna happen again. I don't care. <laughs> never say it's that never one. gonna be a, no. It's never gonna be a group where they're this talented and the 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 consistency of quality music they put out in those five years, like pfft, straight, like no whack shit between Enter Enter Thirty Six and uh and Wu Tang Forever. Right? There was nothing whack. Nothing. <laughs> it's not gonna be done again. Nothing. That's crazy. Never gonna be done again. That's crazy. And then after Wu Tang Forever, they still dropped mm-hmm. some classic stuff. They took a little dips here and there, but they still right. had some classic material. Right. Uh, also, in episode three, uh, it starts off basically showing all the good times. Once the fame and the money came, then the big payoff, like how to helping friends and family out. You see the big house they was in. You see the Rolex watches. You see, like, yeah, times was good. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? That's yeah, how episode we, three we starts off. Um, I believe they said Triumph was the first million-dollar rap video ever yes. made. Yep, absolutely. The first million-dollar rap. And they said Ray wanted that. Yeah. Ray said he wants a million-dollar video. They didn't mention it, but I could have sworn I heard or read this somewhere else that it was not only the first million-dollar video, it was the first video to use CGI technology. Oh, like, what? the computer graphics. I could have sworn I saw that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I I don't think this is too far fetched by me saying uh it's easily arguably the greatest hip hop video of all time. Absolutely. Triumph. Like I I, mean, I can't really think of 
I put put I'll your put, hands on my eyes, can see. I'll put that beat up there, one of the greatest beats of all time. That beat is, is yeah, slamming. That beat, is, that beat is hard. Slamming. And once again, notice the single, not for the clubs. And this was years later. No hook. No hook. <laughs> it's like people, you don't always have to follow what everybody else is doing. And, and oh, understand, this was '97, where everything was shiny, jiggy. Oh yeah. Have an R and B hook. Very commercial. Have that '80s type whatever. Was Bad Boys was very running commercial. it. Um, I mean, Bad Boys was doing their thing, but still, it was a very commercial era. In '97, Wu came with Wu Tang Forever. With no commercial radio friendly club songs on it. No. And they sold millions and millions and millions without following the trends, without following what everybody else was doing. Well, Salute had... to DMX too, because DMX came out later and took it back to the streets yes, too. When everything was shiny, where it's dark and hell is hot. Yep. Like, you don't, and sold millions. Uh huh. Like, that must feel good that you didn't follow something and still right. succeeded. And yep. even if you didn't succeed, you still didn't follow something that faded right. out anyway. Right. Like, because you could follow something and still don't sell and be like, damn, I followed this. I might as well have did what I really wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of people that try to follow that shiny, uh, mm-hmm. whatever would you call that, the jiggy, the 80s, a lot of 80s samples. A lot and of 80s samples, absolutely. It was just a... Absolutely. I mean, Puff did it good, but a lot of people try to copy it. No, that, it was that's just, what it I know people give Puff a lot of backlash for it, but... He was that was his it. thing. That he was his good thing. at it. He was good at it. I think it was just because so many people followed, but Puff gets the blame for it. But like Puff's music was actually bad boy music was actually good. Yeah. It was everybody else that fucked it up that tried to follow that made him look bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're right. Yeah, people try to copy it. It was terrible. And it was horrible because <laughs> it was <laughs> it was overwhelming of people trying to copy. It's like every time you turn on a radio yeah. or a video, somebody's trying to do that type yeah. of feel. And yo, and they were so big. They were so big, they put them on tour at Rage Against the Machine, which is a rock group. Probably, you know, they, they went on tour together. Exactly. I mean, yes, they're a rock group. The lead singer does rap. He doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. But they're still a rock group, and they were on tour together. And it was one. I remember that summer. It was a summertime, I think it started. I wanted to go on it, but I was too broke. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> afford it. But I remember it was the talk of the summer, that Woo and Rage tour. I, I, that's one one of the things I regret, like concerts I've never been to. That that's one I always wanted to go to. And that's a good leeway with, go uh, to my next point that you said because they was on tour with Rage of the Machine when the whole Summer Jam incident took place. Oh, where Summer Jam, where they say they didn't know uh, that Summer Jam, they were supposed to be on Summer Jam. So Jumma Jam said like for them to come back while they was on tour with Rage, Rage against, against the, against the, the Machine. machine. Yeah. And so they paid for their own ticket. They said they went in their own pockets, paid to get come back to the states and right. everything, or come back to New York um, with some of Jam. And they was said those were the days where artists didn't get paid to perform. Yeah, they said Hot 97 <laughs> wasn't paying artists to perform. <laughs> so they came all the way back uh, to do it. And oh, wait, yeah, because they they was actually threatened because they said if you don't come back, we're not going to play your music anymore. Which is corny. Which is crazy. So they came back. And once they got there, I think it was some kind of like, I think Bad Boys was performing and they right. were supposed to perform. It was something where it, it, it didn't go right. They either supposed to headline, it came all the way back, or they had a short time on stage, something. They didn't elaborate on Yeah, they didn't really head. elaborate but what whatever it was, pissed, it pissed them, them off, the fuck but off. Ghost got on stage and basically said, fuck Hot 97 <laughs> at their show. Yeah. Salute the Ghostface Killer. Yes. Let's give this guy a hand. Ghostface and the killer. crowd was chanting "fuck and it, Yeah, the crowd was chanting along with them, and like Inspector Dex said, we always feeling that. But the manager <laughs> Mook 
was like, what the hell are y'all doing? Because yeah. he probably was smart enough to know you, you're moving Sabotage. off of emotion right now. Yeah, you but sabotaging you're, you're sabotaging yourself. yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, absolutely. And later on, they found out because after that, they was banned, which I didn't know. This was new to me. But now it makes sense why they was get, wasn't getting played when yes. they was at their peak. While yeah. we wasn't hearing it on Hot 97, when actually Hot 97 still was playing real hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Biggie, Nas was getting played, Jay and everybody. They wasn't playing Woo. They banned Woo for 10 years. That's crazy. And they said they didn't realize, like, um, Hot 97 uh, had other stations, like, uh, connected to other stations because they was in a there's a top 40 station. So the other stations wasn't playing Woo either. So, like, they lost out on a lot of money and a lot of publicity because of this. Yeah. But look how big they still. So just imagine if they didn't do that. How can they be bigger than what they are now? But just imagine. Yeah. I mean, that album probably should have went, it should have been way more bananas. Because it went, what, six mil? I think Because so. it was a double disc, so they, uh, yeah. and it went three mil quick, so they counted as a double, double it up. Right, it six, yeah. right, right. That's, that's ridiculous. You, you know what they didn't bring up in the doc that I thought they should have? What? Also, Wu-Tang Forever was the, I think it was the first interactive CD. Remember the CD you could put in your computer? That was the first, yep. And... That shit was hard. Like you, 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 like you go in each member's room and you click on stuff and it'll be like uh, do like a sound bite or something. Or you yeah, go, yeah. You go in Riz's room and he had like the the keyboard. You hit a key and you would play. They uh, was the first to do that. Like yo, that was crazy. They was I, the I, first. I don't know why they didn't bring that up in the doc. Like whose idea was that and shit. You Probably Riz's idea. Yeah, and how how they made it. I wish they brought that up. Yeah, but that, that's crazy. Like they was banned from that whole Hot ninety seven situation for ten years, and. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm still glad Ghost spoke up. I mean, other people went against Hot 97 too. Future later on, Nas and um yeah. other people. But ten years, goodness! I know they banned uh, Boot Camp too. A Health the Skelter got banned really? from Hot 97 because a physical situation took place in a lobby or something. And they said that's when they banned when Nocturnal was doing real good. The yeah. Health the Skelter album, it got banned. Hot 97 shut them down. Powers that be. But moving on, we because we I know Brock could go <laughs> further with that, really get in debt and start ranting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, also with episode three, they really started breaking down everything ODB was going through, from cops harassing him to dudes running up in his crib and shooting him, oh, yeah. to him being real paranoid. Um, yeah, uh, I think RZA really did have his best interests at hand yeah. when he did come back from jail there was a whole situation with that where ODB's family was saying basically he's broke RZA uh, they wasn't, didn't want to let him go because he let everybody else go Old Dirty was mad but RZA didn't want to let him go RZA claims in the documentary that uh, he had money for him he had he just he wanted to set right. him up he just wanted he, RZA said he didn't want to let him go off the contract right right. which is probably a reason for that. He wanted that's his cousin, that's his blood. He wanted him close. Yeah, he wanted he him wanted close him to make close. sure he's all right for real. Yep. But they was looking at it, I guess, different because you only what's that saying? Like you only could see what's in because they dangling Rockefeller, like Rizzo said, who was huge at that time. First of all, this is how you know Dame Dash and then was full of BS. Okay, ODB. I'm glad you're starting because I was yeah, gonna go. I he was doesn't go. even. It, it, First of all, let's put everything aside. It doesn't make sense. 
Mm-hmm. Old Dirty with Rockefeller makes absolutely no sense. Keep going. It seems like the only reason you did that because you was mm-hmm. hoping, let's ride this woo buzz, you're fresh out of jail, mm-hmm. let's roll the dice because of what you did in the past, let's, let's try to force something. The songs that I did here was horrible with, with Rockefeller. He, Old Dirty is the type of artist where he's only going to shine with woo, with a RZA. Yeah. Like, Old Dirty's not going to... You know other artists you could take from another crew, put them here, put them there, they, they, they're going to fit. Right. You could, uh, it, it'll make sense. Old Dirty on Rockefeller or like Old Dirty anywhere, like on No Limit or something, it just didn't make sense logically. Dame Dash was trying to... He, to me, he was trying to... He was trying to make money. He made a business decision based off the buzz that it would get signed ODB straight from jail. Because he was full of controversy. He was always in the papers. His name was always spoken about. And he tried to capitalize off that. And for somebody that's always throwing around the culture vulture, culture vulture uh, fucking saying, I thought that was a culture vulture move. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're, you, you know what I mean? It, it, culture vulture doesn't only uh, pertain to white people. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That was a culture vulture move, Dame. It was. It made no sense. Your whole label makes no type of music, anything like o- ODB. Nothing. Nothing. What do you think? Even like the whole fresh out of jail, guy didn't even freaking go home yet. You had like a press conference. You bring Mariah Carey and all that. It was just like, what the fuck is this? It was a show. It made like a circuit. It was a show. Yep. It was like, obviously, they didn't get into debt with it, but... Old Dirty had issues. Yeah, he had issues. Let the man come out. Let the man rest. But then on the flip side, they were saying, or you heard him saying, well, too, he I broke. got no money. I need money. Like, if it's child support, they're right. going to put him back in. I got to make money now. But I find it hard to believe that Risen would allow you to go back in jail to that point. Like, right. you wasn't going to get some money doing. Like, yeah, I don't know. The whole Rockefeller thing was just. Like I said, like if you really had his best interest as heart, you wouldn't have those, these press conferences. You wouldn't make a big spectacle of it. You could talk to him behind the scenes like, hey, I want to help you out. You know, get situated. But whenever you do, you might have a home with the Rockefeller or something. We're, we're here to help you. you know, yeah. All behind the scenes. Yeah. Don't sign him right away. You know what I mean? And I mean, if I mean, if Dirty was really fucked up and broke, I'm pretty sure somebody would have helped him. They wouldn't leave him broke. You know yeah. what I mean? But I could see his point of view why he wanted to go to Dame. It's a quick quick paycheck. Boom. With the biggest label at the time out. So he's like, hey, let me get a quick fucking fat check right away. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of see both sides of it. But, hey, it is what it is. And then they still have Rizzo around after. And I, I couldn't stand that manager. That new manager, old Dirty had, Rockefeller manager. Oh, like, he was a clown. I look like Rizzo wanted to smack him when he entered the room. I don't think he was a manager. I think he was paid to just follow him and watch him, make sure he don't got, get in trouble. Because they were supposed to come out with a, a reality show based on that on some dude who follows ODB around. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the dude. All right. Yeah, it was a part when Rizzo looked like he wanted to smack him when he walked in the room. And, He's like, who are you? Who are you? Oh, you're Rizzo? I, never, I didn't know you was that tall. Like Rizzo looked shut disgusted. Up. Yeah, shut like, up, dude. Even when Rizzo went Damon, like he gave him dab. Like you could tell the energy. Like Rizzo's like, all right, because he finally let him go, mm-hmm. and they still want them to produce and do some writing or whatever for Old Dirty when they in the studio. It just you could tell the energy, the vibe wasn't there no more. What you think about the studio session? Oh, when Rizzo was writing his rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> actually, 
We spoke about it earlier. When I watched it again, they did get it in the studio. Because Rizzo asked, he said, do you got, and whoever was talking in the studio, they said exactly what Rizzo, oh. so somebody got it. Because he ain't forced them to say it. He's like, but did he say it to agree with him? Cause but no, he he said exactly. Because Rizzo said, he's like, do you get it? The guy said, yeah. So Rizzo's like, so what? whatever. And the guy and said it. Was he silent? Oh, no, right. no, he said it. I watched it again. And the guy was like, this means something. And the, the, oh, the pan is deep, whatever, is deep when you bake it. The cake <laughs> in the pan. And Rizzo said, that's exactly what he meant. Yeah. So. All right. I don't know. You got to watch right. it again. The let's guys. Talk, let's talk about the lyric. Let's talk about the lyric. I don't even know what the lyric is. I didn't yeah, write it down. Well, I don't know. Rizzo was writing his shit. And he said something about, like, multi-layered cake, deep dish, or some shit. And ODB's like, I don't get that. What is it? And he's explaining to him that. From what I saw, when Rizzo was asking around, nobody understood. So to me, like, Rizzo, that's your cue to change that bar. Because if nobody in the room got the masses ain't going to get it. And the, the bar ain't that serious, but you needed to keep that fucking bar. Now, one person got it. Yeah, I know. Now you say one, one person, person got, got it. But he was like, trust me, so trust me, so bonk, bonk. <laughs> I feel like he should have changed it. Because even me, I was like, all right, I get it, but it's still not a good bar. Like, but it's old, it. dirty. There's yeah. a lot of bars he said that wasn't yeah, know, good, know, but it's the way he delivers it. Yeah, yeah. I could name a million bars that wasn't that good from old, dirty. <laughs> but it's the way he says it, his yeah. delivery. That was that was the um, the genius about old, dirty. Yeah. That was the the, the genius and about you, him. And you know what? Even that scene, watching that scene, to me, ODB just did not look energized. He looked so detached. Yeah. Like I, I just need money. Write me the rhymes, get me the beats. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he wasn't ready to be in that situation. Yeah, he wasn't. He seemed so detached. He like he just he didn't seem like he was in reality. And remember when one of the producers was playing a song for him when he came in? He like, I got this beat for you. That Listen to terrible. it. It sounded horrible. <laughs> it sounded horrible. Horrible. And like I said, he was just like, Yeah, like he it was yeah, he's like, yeah, he, he like, I want you to oh, you are, come on, you're gonna flow like this or whatever. I'm like, yo, this beat sounds horrible. That yeah. was a horrible situation. Well, well it happened twice because the one the one beat they played from was a song we all heard with yeah. uh, Luma D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Remember that? And ODB had the yeah, verse. Yeah, yeah. But the, uh, there was another one, right? There was another beat. And like, oh, I can see you rhyming on this. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he was just like, nodding his head like, yeah, I don't care. Give me the check. Yeah, just give it to me. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, episode three, another uh, jewel I pulled from it. And Ghost actually said it was a jewel when he talked about the whole business thing. He said, Devon told him to, uh, to put the love in your back pocket. This is a business. And he said, thank you for telling me that. That's a jewel he dropped on me. Because he, he said after that, mm, he yeah. was like, so let me see the paperwork. Yes, yes. <laughs> let me see the paperwork. You said, put the love in my back pocket. Is a business. Okay, now let me see the paperwork. Yep. It's so, true. Dropping jewels. Uh, Everybody talk that business shit until you talk about business back. And then they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Go Anybody who has a job knows that. The boss always always talk that business shit, but when you about your business, they don't like it. Yeah, but I like what RZA said. Like he would never. I like you gotta respect RZA. RZA was like, yo, he knows it's a business, but these are his brothers. It ain't like whatever. So he's like, I'm never gonna hold back my brothers. This ain't like this ain't slavery. Like if you wanna go, I ain't gonna fight you. Go like now. I mean, like I said, the only way he tried to keep close, which makes sense, is ODB. Yeah. It wasn't like he was trying to keep ODB close. Goes, you're my biggest selling artist. No, Memphis, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, gotta be mad. Because I I really feel like Riz's plan was to just that first five years, make what he made of that first five years, and then boom. Like I don't think he thought about after that, and that's why he was probably like let everybody go so easily because he made the money he wanted to make, and because he was producer owner of the label, he's gonna forever see money. Yeah, you know what I mean. So 
Yeah, it was. Well, that he vision. said everything that's yeah. Wu Tang is still gonna be me. He said, y'all exactly. can go do what y'all want. And that's but he why said, everything that's Wu Tang is me. Exactly. That's why you let him go because which is only right. He had the ill plan. Like, yeah, that was his. Those vision. first five yeah. years, that's me. And then after that, do what you want. Exactly. Um, episode four. Uh, it uh, shows how it was a part with uh, how mathematics created the Wu Tang logo, oh, shit. and sold it to RZA for four hundred dollars. <laughs> four hundred dollars, and uh, this uh, back to my whole vision versus dream versus passion versus a person that just got good ideas. RZA said that four hundred dollars was half of his rent at the time. He had to pay the rent. That was his half that he gave up for that logo. Why? Because he had the vision. Mm. It's more than when you have a dream and you just had good ideas and you your rent whatever. You're not taking a risk like that. Most people that make it big in life and successful take risks. If you don't take risks, you in the, in the world today, you think luck is gonna get you there. I'm pretty sure the percentage of people that got lucky that happen to bump into somebody or people, some people just have family that know somebody, make it to where they want to go. That's probably a so low a percentage yeah. compared to those who took risks. Yeah. Believed yeah, in themselves and took risks. Rizzo took a risk. Yeah. Paid that $400. Probably could have got evicted. Who knows? Got that logo. Now that logo's worth millions. Come on. That logo is Come on. worth a lot of money. And like you said earlier, uh, mathematics probably thinking, I could have sold him the logo but still kept some. Uh, paperwork to keep some rights to it, yeah. so now it blows up. I'm getting. I mean, I don't know if he looks out for him, but I know you're thinking four hundred dollars and worth millions now. Yeah. And he said he made that that logo overnight because he said I need it tomorrow. He said I got some weed, got some uh, forty mm-hmm. or something, set down on the floor. That's boom, just boom. known all over the world. Best logo in hip hop. Yeah. Best you see logo that in W? You know what it is. You know what don't it care is. What part of the earth you're from? You know that W. <laughs> So I like that. Um, uh, what else? What else? Episode four. They get into the whole once upon a time in Shaolin mm. with the creep guy. What's his name? Uh, Silver Rings. No, the oh. guy that bought it. Bought the oh, record. Oh, Martin Scarelli or something. Scarelli, yeah. Martin Douchebag. Stupid face. Michael Jackson pinch nose face. Yo, like his, yo, he does. He got the Michael like, Jackson like nose. The late Mike, word. The late Mike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they talk about how that clown bought the uh, bought the record for $2 million, but And they talk about how Silver Rings, which I really wish they would have gotten into more with RZA. Because RZA basically was part of it. Yeah, the whole absolutely. artwork and everything. It wasn't just the guy Silver Rings, but Silver there. Rings took, what they say, like, Pieces of old raps and he paid he paid he paid each member money to do a verse here or you know a couple verses like oh it's for a compilation album and they you know he paid him to do these little verses and then he like pieced it together into an album yeah. like and it was over a course of five years he took like as much as he could and then pieced it together yeah. and put together uh, I like I forgot how Meth said it. But they all went in on it. It's funny because Rizzo's sitting right there, right there. And Rizzo was very quiet. quiet. <laughs> Rizzo was quiet. Like they were straight shitting on the album. Yeah, like they wasn't true. for it at the time. Yeah, they wasn't was for bad. it now. They said it was a terrible idea. Right. They right. said, um <laughs> See, when 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 it first came out, I thought because I didn't know the details of it. Now we know. But yeah. I thought 
reason why they would because the whole art thing that's fine but i thought the real reason why they were doing it rizzo was doing it was hey we sell for a mill or a couple mill one copy that's one lump sum and we could divide it, divide it among the clan evenly or whatever or divide it however you want to divide it you don't have to worry about sound scan you don't have to tour to you know what i mean like it's a lot of things you don't have to worry about. You don't have to spend money on marketing. Yeah. It's just like, boom, it's one lump sum. Everybody gets a quick paycheck of one album. Yeah. I mean, that's how I would have done it if those are my brothers and stuff. You know what I mean? Forget, you know, promoting this shit, radio stations. We'll make it like it's art. Two mil, we split the pie. But I didn't know it was Silver Rings had. So who collected money? Silver Rings and Just RZA off this album? That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like because they all they all pissed off about it. Silver rings, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Uh, they, like they said, the album they not happy with it, so I, I wouldn't even want to hear it anyway. And one thing I didn't like about the, the well, the only thing I don't like about the doc is that they didn't get they didn't touch on the Better Tomorrow album. I want them to touch on a Better Tomorrow album because there was a lot of controversy around that album. With Ghostface and Raekwon being mad, the way Rizzo was going, they didn't like yeah. the vision he had for the album, and the album was a big letdown. Yeah, because oh. all the albums before that, I love Eight Diagrams, I love the W. You already know Thirty Six Chambers, Wu Tang Forever. It's like yeah. great albums. Yeah, they didn't touch on Eight Diagrams. They barely touched on the W too. I would like them to touch on the W more. Iron Flag, they didn't really touch on. They just showed the photo shoot for the Iron Flag, but they didn't talk about that at all either. They didn't touch. I guess. I mean, I guess it's not really the. Yeah. It maybe wasn't really it's nothing going around around that light, time. So we're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But a better tomorrow, I want them to touch on because. Yeah. I want the RZA to give the explanation. Then I want him to, because time passed now. So, do you feel that you still you made the right decision, RZA, with picking the way that the direction that album went? pretty sure you don't no <laughs> that album wasn't critically acclaimed or nothing by Wu no. fans or nothing no. and i heard that he was allowing ghostface for the next Wu project to be fully controlled over beat selection if which, that ever happens if that ever happens because that mathematics album wasn't a Wu album let's get that right <laughs> let's get that right it wasn't a Wu album. it was a mathematics album it was okay it wasn't a Wu album right let's let's, let's, let's understand that um yeah so the once upon a time in shaolin was a big controversy over that and I don't know if, if the guy still owns the album. I don't even know if he's locked up. So, he is. Oh, he is locked up. He, he still is. owns the album, though. He does. some reason, the FBI couldn't confiscate that for some reason. I don't know why. Nah. But, like, okay, can we just go back a little bit? Go ahead. One of my favorite parts, another favorite part of this documentary is when um, ODB called Divine on the phone and wanted to know why he couldn't get off the label. I thought that was like a very touching moment. He was just talking about their past. Like, yo, we go back with blood. We go back before Wu Tang. It was just me, you, and RZA and Jizza. And he was just like, you know, why, why, why I gotta be stuck with y'all? You know what I mean? They're like, it was very, it like he, you could tell he was hurting and he was desperate. Like he was broke. It was just like I thought it was a very like real part. You know, they could have cut that out and they didn't. And that's why I like this doc because it was very real. It showed the the good, the bad, and the ugly. But and I think that was the ugly part. They showed the good, the bad, the ugly, but they didn't get too ugly with it because I right. think it's a, definitely a deeper layer to that. That yeah. RZA didn't want to say really why. Right. I think it's stuff they left out with the ODB. They they didn't want to touch on certain things. Right. But right. maybe where he was at, his state at that time, uh, maybe his 
moms or something. Maybe it's more they wanted to say that they left out. Right, right. Just because the, the God's not here. So just, you know what I mean? Right, But right. I think it's a deeper, but I like, there was no reason for them to go deeper than that. Right. But you could tell it was a, a deeper situation with that, um, with that, with that incident. Uh, another that was crazy. We found out that Master Killer's related to Marvin Gaye and Nat Turner. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> He's related to Marvin Gaye, like li- literally related to him. Blood, yeah. a blood from what they were saying. That's basically. fucking nuts. That's crazy. And I like how, which made me um, like the, uh, well, maybe respect Devon a little more is uh, episode four where he talks about how he was trying to set all the brothers up with stocks, like set them up how to like buy yeah. stocks, real yeah. estate, all that. Like he saw past the music. Right. Like this music is a, a stepping stone, a big stepping stone, but we could do other stuff where we always good and our kids are good. Right. Like stocks is yeah. major. Yeah. Real estate is major. Like they said earlier in the, um, in the doc, they was like, yo, they say he had the type of mind he could have had a what they call it a fortune five hundred company. Yeah. Like like Devon was yeah. really business savvy. Like he's right. business minded all the way. So he would have been a good dude to stick around. Like if they all just stuck together, because yeah, no telling. I mean, even though they all good now, it looks pretty much. Even though Cap made a joke at the end, he oh, was yeah. like, <laughs> "I'm fucked up." Yeah, it got a little awkward at the table, but <laughs> they all. They all good. And another thing I like that they all respect each other balls. Like I didn't even think like I like how they said like like Cap. Like Devon said Cap was his favorite rapper. Yeah. Cause Cap goes in. Yeah, I saw another doc or something where he was like the first real MC at the all them. And they used to, yeah, uh, and they used to all look up to him. I forgot what I watched and they they said that and I was like, Oh shit, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like they looked at him as like the god MC at first. Oh wow! Yeah, and I know they said Inspector Deck. They said he was always quiet, but yeah. he spit. I think it was Memphis saying, "Like I keep hearing about Inspector Deck. He's nice. He's nice. He said, but he he's real quiet. Billy come outside. Mm-hmm. Then when they heard him spit, like oh, like wow, like Inspector Deck make you want to go back and rewrite your rhymes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that was crazy to me because I thought they always probably looked at Jizza, who was crazy lyrical too, as right. whatever. But they was making it seem like Captain. And uh, Inspector Deck is the uh, right is right. the real sharp spitters, which is crazy. <laughs> and I like it when Meth was spitting in the um, movie theater. Like he still he yeah. still got it. Meth was spitting like it's just ill. Like like they all ill together. Like Ghost said, no matter what we go through, and this is how I feel with my peoples, who I consider family. If we do have debates, fallouts, whatever, like Ghost said, no matter what we go through, either I still got love. It doesn't it doesn't even matter. It's not that serious at right, the end right. of the day. You know what I mean, it's like. It really ain't, but um, yeah, it's a lot of other stuff though. We couldn't get into everything. That was just a little stuff we pulled out from each episode. Like I said, four episodes, but there's a lot more. Watch it. It's a great doc. One of the best hip hop docs I saw. Phenomenal. Yeah. I, it blew. It blew me away. It really did. Yeah, and it takes you back. It's like it's nostalgic. It takes you back to that time. Like, yeah, it it, it, it did. It was very nostalgic. I like when they said when uh, Wu Tang Forever came out, how the line went from uh, what was that Tower Records? Yeah, they said it went all the way down to I forgot from forty something to fifty something, like wrapped around. Like I missed them days when the album come out and album releases. Uh, They go to the in store, in store. Crazy, I missed that. They need to do more docs like this because you see like other shit, especially when it comes to hip hop. 
it's more of like a cliff notes. They just talk about like the highlights. You know what I mean? Then they'll have like the low lights, but like they'll just touch on it. And, like they don't exp- like this. Like this explains. Like you got to know each person individually. Like where they coming from, why they are the way they are. You know what I mean? Like. You know, like what Ghost talking about his bro- taking care of his brothers, or this one talking about going to jail at a young age. Like, it actually shows you like where they all come from and why they come out with the music they do. And you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's people that don't live in the in the hood or in urban communities, they should watch this because it'll give you understanding of, of like why people's uh, mind state is where it's at. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was just, it was really, it was very done. It was done very well. I thought. And and to do a doc on, it's really ten members because we added uh, cap to it. To do a doc like you said and touch on everybody, right? You get a clear understanding of everybody's background and mindset, like how Meth was going from shelter to shelter when he was young. Yeah, exactly. Back to Staten Island, he said it was crazy. From uh, Master Killer to Ugar situation, like it's crazy that how they fit that all in and did it so well. Right. So now. After seeing all this, that all be with that, all that being said, what do you think? Who do you think would be good enough for a four, four uh, episode doc series just like that? What what group or what artists you could see um, them doing? Mass Appeal, something like that. Shout out to Mass Appeal. Oh uh, yeah, shout out to Mass Appeal. I mean, I could think of a few. Um, now I know that they go really in depth. Um. I feel like Nas will be good because I like I thought I knew everything there is to know about Wu, and I see his documentary is a lot of shit you don't know, and Nas is still a mystery. You know, like you, you like Nas is like kind of a mystery. I think we know everything. It's so many stuff you, that been on, see. but you think it's just you do. one person though. Like Wu, yeah. you, you thought you knew, but it, but Nas then was, again, there's so many. But Nas always kept shit close to the chest, kind of like you really didn't know his real life until other people like blew it up or like. Wrapped about like I think I want to see an in-depth thing about Nas. I feel like there's a lot of shit we don't know. I want to see like a real. I feel different. Shit. I think it probably only w- maybe like three things. You think so? Work. Yeah. I, I think most of the I stuff. I thought the we, same thing about Wu though, and I'm just like. But I didn't think that about Wu for the simple fact is nine, ten of them, and is ones that we sure. didn't look into like that. So I could easily see in Wu like mm-hmm. oh, I ain't know that about Master Killer or you all went through that or Capadonna went through that like. Ray and Ghost, we pretty much heard whatever, but yeah. the other ones, that's why Wu, I can see that. Nas, I think I saw and read so? everything from Young, from Live at the Barbecue, before Live at the Barbecue. And then he had that, that thing not that long ago, the, um, the, the Illmatic, uh, it was like a documentary. Time is still mad. Time is still mad. Yeah, I Which think we kind of, that was good. So, yeah, Nas, I don't know. I would say... No, because Time yeah. is Mag was only about, like, before Mag and the making of Mag. What about all the stuff after? What about his baby mama hooking up with Jay? Like, the real story. What about this? What about Khalees? Like, there's a lot of shit we don't know. You know what I mean? I would want to know more from Stillmatic on, maybe. I, I think yeah. everything before Stillmatic right. is pretty much... All right, public so knowledge. Who would you who would you see like a four part documentary? I have one one in mind, but you you tell me four part documentary hip hop. <sighs> Even though Tribe already had that. See, I'm 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 with you, but it's not Tribe. Dela, Native Tongues. I say Dela. I can see a whole thing in Native Tongues. 
everybody from De La Tribe, Jungle Brothers, Queen Moni. Yeah, I like to see the thing, all of them. For Doc or Native. Yeah, that would be dope. Black Sheep. That'd be dope. Um, Chi Ali. Chi Ali has something coming out, actually. He does. He He actually uh, does have something coming out. That'd be dope. I say Public Enemy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know what? They probably got some crazy stories. Yeah. Because the shit they were rapping about, they probably caught a lot of heat. Nah, from what I heard, I heard they was getting death threats. I heard, like, I heard they got a story to tell. So I think a night, a four part, and they've been around for yeah. a while. Like I think then, that, that'd be good. And then I mean, you have to spend the whole two episodes on just flavor after PE with the whole flavor of love and all the reality shows. Yeah. Like that would take up a lot of time. Talk, <laughs> talk about flavor. Is a part in this documentary that I got mad at first. I'm like, hold up, hold up. But then he 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 made a point. I was like, whoa. I thought I was I thought I was bugging. When it's oh, a okay. white guy said about old dirty, and I was like, I, they let that go. He was like yeah. a clown, like flavor. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. I said the same thing, but then yeah. he, he, he he was saying that, that shit like, up. white people most yes. well, most white people was viewing old dirty, but then he he backed. Yeah, I yeah, was he goes, like, yeah, yeah, I don't look at him like a clown. I thought he was a genius. Yeah, I thought he was a genius. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, because at first I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then one more person I um I, I think would make a good four part LL. If we saying like a, I, I think it would be yeah, better oh, yeah, than Nas. Yeah. You know, there's a lot L, of stuff. That was I kind of a mystery too. Like you don't know. Yeah, yo, I think it'd be better than Nas. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff at L that we don't. Because L O Cool J, that wasn't even supposed to be his first rap name. His first rap name was supposed to have the word "blow" in it. Oh wow. Yeah, because a lot. Because they said back in those days, if you if you had coke or did coke, means you had money. Like doing coke was like a cool thing. It means you were like successful. And, you know, you had Curtis Blow and other people. So he, his original name had the word Blow in it. I forgot what it was, but it was supposed to be something Blow. Wow. <laughs> like I said, like, I know I know he came out with a book or, or whatever, but I, I didn't read it. But I think LL would be excellent. I think LL would be an excellent one. Maybe Rock him too. Four part, Rock him. Mm-hmm. Nah? No. Too short of a career? Not too short. I just he just don't seem like he lived an exciting life. <laughs> well, exciting for us. Right? Never know. So he might be one of them. Yeah. You never know. I like to see KRS. I, I I like to see KRS actually. I don't think he'll be, maybe he probably can't do four parts, but I like to see an in depth. With KRS, because yeah. he started in the homeless shelter. He was in the homeless shelter and rapping and shit. And I like to see that he had a lot of beefs. Yeah. He had very touchy subject matter. You know what I mean? Like. All right, so for and all you people oh, out there, well, and Hulu's coming out with an actual series based on Wu Tang. Okay, not a documentary. We're actually with actors telling the whole story. It's gonna be like a ten episode series. Hmm. I can't wait for that. I and think Dave East like was playing Method Man and everything. Oh, that's right, Dave yeah, yeah. played Method, yeah. Method Man. Yeah, I heard about that. So yeah, for all y'all youngins out there or people that have been living under a rock that uh, didn't get to hear some of these other Wu albums, I'm gonna mention real quick that came from. The the whole Wu umbrella came from underneath the Wu umbrella. I would say check out uh, Jizza beneath the surface. I think that was a good sophomore. Yeah, the second one. I would say check out Ghostface Killer Big Doe Rehab. Uh, You know what I mean? That was a good quality one. Uh, Raekwon Only Built for Cuban Links Part 2 Purple yeah. t- like, That was And Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang Was good too Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang Wu Massacre I like Wu Massacre oh, Wu Massacre was hard yeah. Wu Massacre was hard It was Ghost Ray and Meth Yeah Ghost Ray album. and Meth Wu Block Wu Block 
with Wu Tang and D Block. I don't know if yo yo Wu got so much stuff. Uh, everything else y'all should pretty much know. Like I said, uh, everybody know Cap of the Pillage, hard album. I like the Swarm Part One. Swarm Part One, I got that there. Yep, Swarm Part One. Raekwon, I, I think it was his last album, Into the Wild. I like that album. That was the last one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bobby Digital. Listen, I know me and you always say that. It's people that debate with us. At the, I love I love that album. I love Bobby Digital. Album. I love Bobby. Yo, shout out to my man, Rye, who hated that album, but I used to make him listen to it when we used to get blazed. <laughs> <laughs> and he hated it, but I was like, nah, this shit's the truth right Yeah, here. I love Bobby Digital. <laughs> uh, Ghostface Fish Scale album. Oh, that's hard. Too. That's yeah, hard. Fishkills, hard. Uh, and Ghostface Bulletproof Wallace, I like. Uh, and then you had the other branches. You had the Killer Army album. You had the Grave Diggers mm-hmm. album. Um, yeah, Wu got so much stuff. Like Master Killer slept on album that Juju shined light on before. Uh, no set, no set date. Hard. Uh, Bobby Digital second album. That was good to me. I liked it. Yeah, expect the deck first. Like it's so much. It's so much. Like like you said before, you're absolutely right. It'll never be done again. It's never happened. Again. <laughs> yeah, now you agree? Yeah, it never. It, it's never gonna happen again. Inspector Deck album was good. It it got delayed for way too long, and then it got bootleg. I think that messed up his sales or whatever, because that shit was delayed for like over a year, and yeah. then it got bootlegged, and it was a good album. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's 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 the that's the Wu Tang doc. Mass Appeal, Showtime. Please check it out. If you're a hip-hop head, if Please you're a woo head, if you just like watching documentaries, you'll like this. You definitely it's good. enjoy it. It's a good movie. It's a good documentary series. Definitely, definitely. Um, what Anything else? else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Well, do you want to do the, like, I know I mentioned mentioned this to you, like, very briefly. If I was, like, the A&R. And we had we were we were told we had to A and R each member's solo album. We had to use one producer for each album. What would you do? Would I match them up with? Yeah. Mm. All right, yeah. Let's run through this real quick. Yeah, let's do it real quick. Meth. I would say Just Blaze. Ooh, that's a good one. Just Blaze has such good range. He oh, could, yeah. I think that would be really good. Or Static Selector. Ooh, Static. Well, what I had in mind for Meth was Primo. Oh, you said Primo. I think, because uh, Meth's like the, like, he's like the, um, because Primo, you need to be able to spit and have, like, charisma. You know what I mean? And Meth got that. You know, he's like that. He's like the hip-hop dude of, of Wu, like, like, oh. like the classic hip-hop sound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. I think Primo will be great with Meth. I think that'll be a great album. But Just Blaze will work too. Really good. All right. Expect- I had somebody else with Just Blaze, but go- yeah. Expect the deck. Who would you? Deck. I put. I had a few people in mind, and I'm I'm settling on DJ Scratch because I feel like Inspector Deck is way better than what his sales or popularity show, and I think uh, Scratch the way he samples, he his beats would. Um, they're not commercial, but they're more. It's it's easy to digest, and I, the way Dex spits his voice and everything will will be perfect on the DJ Scratch beat. I feel like 
Scratch will bring out bring it out of him like the life where people everybody could feel it, not just Wu fans. You know what I mean? I agree. You know, like the joints he, he the joints he did with EPMD, the joints he did with Buster, like they just they just bring like life into that into the music. And I think him and Deck will be good. I had a uh who else did I have for Deck? I had I think I had a Lost Professor maybe. I think Lost Professor will be, be good. Yeah. So I'm gonna we, say we, easy mo B for Deck too. Oh wow! Easy Moby, yeah! Wow, for Deck, I think that's a perfect. I can see one. Deck killing some Easy Moby production. And you people don't know, Easy Moby did a lot, mm-hmm. did a lot of Biggie's first album. Yep, he did some of Lost Boys joints from the first yep. album. He did, um, he did some Tupac joints from uh, Me Against the World. He did Flavor Year too, right? Was that Easy Mo? Yeah. 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 That was Easy Mo B. Easy Mo. That's a good one. Yeah. That's hard. Jizza. Jizza, I had, it was between Dilla or Alchemist. Mm. And I think I'm going to settle on Alchemist. Yeah, because Alchemist got that, he could get that, uh, he's good at chopping samples. And Jizza always rhymes on dark beats, and Alchemist can make some like horror sounding beats, and I think that's a, p- a perfect one. You uh, got, you got, you got was tough for me. Do you have anybody in mind? I have I'm, people in mind. But I'm gonna it's, say it's somebody you mentioned earlier. I'm gonna say Tyler Creator beats. Yeah, for I feel like you got to me. I don't know. You got doesn't really have a sound to me. You know, he just uses. I don't know, he doesn't have like his niche to me. Does he have a niche to you? Like what is you got? Like what is he? I think he got a niche. Do I think you? he got a sound. I feel like a guy like Tyler or Pharrell, they're more musical and they could get it out of him. I don't like, see like Pharrell with, dealing with you. I don't know. Cause meshing good with him. I see Tyler because Tyler beats could be dark and right. menacing, but it got that. Like you guys yeah. voice on it. Right. Um no, no, really, uh, I could hear more like a Tyler yeah. type beats. And like like the Black Shampoo song, like that was something different. And I feel like Tyler Pharrell did like experimenting and that I feel like they they could work on him. They they don't know how to bring whatever he has to bring it out of him because they're they're musical guys. So uh-huh. we'll settle on Tyler then. Master Killer. That was uh I was thinking the whole RZA album, but you don't want to pick from the crew, right? We'll pick somebody outside outside the crew. The crew. Uh, I say Knife Wonder Soul Council. I would Knife Wonder or Dilla. I say Knife Wonder because what Knife Wonder Soul Council did for like them Smith and Wesson beats on the All yeah. album, I could see Master Killer on those beats like mm. that killing it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, Ghostface. Um, his range is crazy. His could be soulful. I'm hyped going up. with Just Blaze for Ghost. Ghost, Just Blaze. Um, Just Blaze. Uh, I heard him work with other artists when it was like a very emotional song. Like the sample used had like a soul sample. The artist got emotional on the beat, like uh, the game second album. Why you hate the game? Mm-hmm. Why you hate the game with Nas on it? Like he did a lot of songs like that. It has a lot of emotion, and as we all know, Ghost is the best when it comes to being emotional in hip hop. Probably the best ever. Yeah, I think he them put that too, feeling in it. Yeah, that, that passion. Like you, yeah, exactly. But not every beat has to sound like that. And if you want to get some strictly real hip hop type beat, Just Blaze could do that too. And Ghost could spit on that too, so I'm going with just with Ghost. With Ghost, I'm going with Pete Rock. Oh, fool, fool. 
I think Pete Rock could give him that real hip hop, and Pete yeah. Rock could give him them soulful samples yeah. that he needs. That would be that would be good. That would be hard. Ghostface and Pete Rock that would be, be <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be yeah, something. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Ray. Ray Quan is chef. I got havoc. Have? I, I feel like way Ray spits the shit he talks about. I think him on the mob deep type beats is perfect. I think I think it'll be knocking. I'm put, I'm picking havoc. I say I, havoc or alchemist. Yeah, I can see havoc, definitely. Cause alchemist are giving the beats like he was getting a prodigy when they worked. The I can see Ray on them type of beats like yep. prodigy be on it. And like you already heard you heard havoc on I mean uh, Ray on havoc beats like eye yeah, for an yeah, eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've heard it before. Okay, Cap. <sighs> Capadonna. My slang is editorial, explicit <laughs> material, briefcase show, live and stereo flow. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Cap to Damn. I know who I'm gonna give it to. I think I'm leaning I don't think I'm leaning on Dilla. Dilla? I'm gonna say Kanye. I got somebody else for Kanye. Kanye. I can't cap on Kanye. I could First of all, Kanye could bring. Yeah. I, I can I can cap on Kanye beats. I could, you know what? This beats abstract and different, and cap and caps different. Like the bound to beat, I can see cap. That's a that's a Capadonna type beat on bound. Eh, and cap just doing his. Yeah, I could see like certain Kanye mm-hmm. on it. Who did I say? I said Dilla. You said Dilla for cap. Yeah, I can see Dilla. Okay, RZA. I'm go. I'm actually going Kanye for RZA. Kanye, because they're both they both like to experiment sometimes too much, but I heard RZA do beats for Kanye and it was a pretty good marriage, and I feel like Kanye could do the same for RZA. Mm-hmm. ODB. I, I, that could go to Just Blaze too, but I, Pharrell. It already worked out. The second album, Pharrell had a couple beats on there. They were good. I could see Pharrell doing it. I, I really could. I'm going to say Q-Tip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nah, actually, I'm not going to say Q-Tip for ODB. Uh, actually, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. Q-Tip will go perfect with somebody else, actually. Yeah, Q-Tip, I'm going to say for... I get a Ray on Q-Tip beats. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I can hear Ray on Q-Tip Absolutely. production. Because Ray's voice and everything, yeah. his levels, like Q-Tip. Q-Tip never has a lot of, like, his, his, yeah. his, his, his instrumentation, it doesn't overpower the track, like, right. the, the sounds he used. Right. So I could definitely see Ray fitting good with Q-Tip. <sighs> That's a good one. ODB, I'm going to say, well, we don't want to say Riz. I'm about to say, again, Riz in his prime, like, the... Old RZA, as you say, before he became hippie RZA, <laughs> before Hollywood RZA, rock and roll RZA, yeah, rock and roll RZA, like the dark RZA that we, that type of production. I can see ODB, but uh, yeah, ODB is one of them artists I can only see really working with RZA. Yeah. Hold on, let me think. Let me think about this. Yeah. See, this is this is my problem. I could see him working with this certain producer, but I can't, I can't hear a whole album of Swiss. Swiss. And I'm not trying to knock Swiss, but like I could definitely see ODB like three or four songs on Swiss easily. But I, me personally, I can't listen to a whole album by Swiss Swiss Beats. I can't. What about Dame Grease? 
No, not a whole album. The ODB is tricky, man. Yeah, he's, he's. I told you, I only can see him with RZA. Yeah, I, that's he's one of them artists that he on he. That's his thing right there. Where yeah. RZA provides him, that's when magic is made. I can't see him making magic with any other producer. No, yo, hold on. Unless a producer tries to match, um, duplicate RZA style, like yeah. What's the other uh, Wu-Tang um, producer? Not Mathematics. Um, True Master? True Master. Shout out to True Master. He makes some hard shit. He don't, he don't get the props. Yeah, I got to pick, pick a whole DB. Hold on. Just give me a second. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like a whole album. It has to be a whole album. Complete album. ODB is different. Yeah. I'd probably say Talented Creator type beats too. I was thinking that too, but we already talented used Talented Creator. Hey. <laughs> I can't you see We didn't we use Dr. Dre for none of them. I can't see Dre, no. like none of them want Dre beats for a whole album. Mm. I, I don't see it. That would fit, though. Justice League? I don't know. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Pharrell because it worked before. I heard joints that they did again, and it worked. I'm going to go with Pharrell. Pharrell? Yeah. Right. I can't <laughs> see a whole album with Pharrell and Old Dirty. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think I can see it. Uh, that's what it is, what it is. So, matter of fact, I see ODB with Eric Sermon. That pro- crossed my mind. But I I'm can like, see Eric Sermon producing ODB more than Pharrell, a whole album. Yeah. Because Eric Sermon could bring that funk type, yeah, up upbeat, whatever that old dirty would. You know what I mean? But then, but Dirty needs those couple songs that's real dirty too. You think Pharrell could give him a real dirt, dirty song? No. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> nah. You got a point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, old school, old E E Sermon had those, yeah, dirty sounding. But now, like a lot of his shit sounds like the same type of sounds. Those funk sounds, the keyboard, like yeah. But yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, great doc. Check it out. Wu Tang Forever. They never. They, they ain't. When they said that, that wasn't a lie. They could still put out, if they get back together and get in the studio and really get in the studio, not sending each other tracks to email, like all of them in the studio at once, I, I'm totally confident, without a doubt, they could put forth a quality project, like easy. With Rizzo, Rizzo put back on his cap and they all back in the studio really yeah. together. Rizzo stops being a, just, yo, just get back on that Asonic and the MPC 60. Stop yeah. trying to be Mr. Musical and stop, stop trying be, to be stop being too, a dictator too. Listen to the other guys. Yeah, yeah. If the guys ain't feeling it. Stop then, saying trust nope. me. Let's do this new experiment because look, it better tomorrow happen. Yeah, and that's what happened. You were a dictator. People were trying to tell you this isn't good. Once upon a time in Shallon and a better tomorrow. I didn't hear once upon a time yeah. in Shallon, but I'm pretty sure once upon a time in Shallon and a better tomorrow is not what us woo fans. Right. Want or feel like? Right. Let's take it back to eight diagrams. Let's take it back to the W. Let's take it back to Wu Tang Forever. Right. Let's take it back to that. Right. You know what I mean, that's what that's that's what we love. That's what we appreciate. That's what we need. But um, yeah. So check out the doc. Uh, we went to the uh, museum, the Wooseum. Awesome. Awesome. How they did it. Uh, maybe they'll do something else or go state to state with it. If they do, I suggest you check it out. Yeah, it was a, it was a good look, and um, I'm looking forward to next month. I'm hitting up the Wu Tang show, Coney Island. 
Got to see the brothers again. It's been a long time, so I'll be out there in Coney Island. Check them out. And I'll give y'all an update on that when that happens, right. how, that, how that show go. Hopefully, everybody comes out. Hopefully, ain't no turmoil. I want to see every Wu member there. Mm. Real talk. Please. Every Wu member. You know what I mean? And um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Nah, man. Wu Tang's forever, man. Wu Tang. So. You know what? I want to say this. I know. I, do, ah, do, ah, go. I, we could, I could be harsh on them. That's because that's like my favorite group. And if anybody else, this is them I always stick up for them. But it's like, it's like me with the Knicks. Like, nobody's harsher than Knicks than me. <laughs> right? Do you agree with that? And I'm the biggest Knicks fan. It's just. I know you. I know that Wu could do better, so I'm not trying to diss. Because I know our last review, we did the the Math Max album. We kind of went a little in on them a little bit. It's oh, just yeah. it's just me being a diehard fan, and I know you guys are, could do a lot better. I'm still sticking to uh, yeah the mathematics uh, the mathematics album. I'm pretty like I said, I don't consider it a Wu album, so I'm just leave it at that. Right. I consider it a okay mathematics album. What mathematics tried to right. do, and I'm pretty sure it's Wu members that feel the same. So. Yeah. Yep. It is what it is. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? We know what they could do, what they're capable of. And, yeah, that fell short. So, right. it is what it is. And like I said, they'll put out another album. I, I, I have full confidence that it'll be hard if they all in it together. You know what I mean? All in together now. Yeah. So, like we always say, stay fit and keep it hip-hop. And we're not just talking physical. We're talking mental, too. Mm, spiritual. Yes, indeed. Hopefully financially too. You know what I mean? Word. I like stay fit. Keep your pockets brolic. (laughs) Until next time, peace. Chop chop.